0: Uh, Wilshire is blessed with enormous gifts of biblical knowledge and talent. And, uh, you know, I have felt bad sometimes because I would call up Jeremy the night before and say, I'm sick and you're going to have to cover everything. And I felt really bad. I have never given Jeremy 15 minutes notice. I called Gary (laughs) Dunn. Tilworth and say 15 minutes before service started and say I can't come I'm, I'm I can't come and by the time I got here uh, Gary had planned the uh, Lord's Supper talk and Ryan Newell bless him was gonna get up and preach on first Peter chapter three I don't know what he was gonna say but he was gonna say something <laughs> bless his heart and you know what <laughs> if those two hadn't done it I can see about 20 people who probably could have gone up and done the same thing. We are blessed, blessed, blessed in this congregation with people who love the Bible, know a lot about the Bible, and uh, can bless our congregation with their knowledge. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. One of the things that I've valued about Wilshire for over 20 years now is how much this congregation cares to know what's actually in the Bible. This congregation don't want to talk around the Bible. They they don't want to talk about the Bible. They want to know what's actually in the Word of God. And I I really appreciate that. And today that's what we're going to talk about. If you have your Bibles, turn uh, over to that sermon that Ryan was going to preach in 1 Peter chapter 3. (laughs) 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to look starting mostly in verse 13 down to the end of the chapter. If you have those study sheets that we gave out, that kind of tells you the verses we're going to be looking at. I'm going to start a little bit earlier because it continues a thought uh, that starts really uh, back up around verse 9. Peter says, this is how Christians live. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult." but with blessing because uh, to this you were called that you may inherit a blessing and then he and then he quotes psalm 34 whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech he must turn from evil and do good he must seek peace and pursue it for his For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against all those who do evil. Peter says, that's the kind of righteous person that you want to be. And he says, and who's going to harm you if you live like that? Who's going to harm you if you do good? He said, basically, if you're a good person and you're putting good behavior out, most of the time the world treats you pretty well. And that as a general rule is the truth. We all know that. That's that's good sense. You behave well and most of the time the world behaves well to, towards you. But <laughs> the sermon this morning is about those cases when That general rule does not hold. What happens when precisely because you are behaving well, precisely because you are behaving as a Christian, precisely because you are upholding the truth of Jesus Christ, and you're doing it correctly, not in an evil, vicious, hateful way, but actually in a loving way, precisely because of that, you suffer. What do you do then? That's what 1 Peter chapter 3, verses, specifically verses 13 and following is all about. And actually, that, that discussion continues uh, really over into a bit of chapter 4. But we're going we're to focus here in 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 13. Peter says, who's going to harm you? If you're eager to do good, verse 14, but even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. Sometimes the best Christians will suffer the worst persecutions. It's not a perfect world. It is a fallen world. It is a broken world. And sometimes your goodness, your virtue, your strength in faith will actually attract the malice and maliciousness of those who are bent on doing evil. That may happen to you sometimes. It's not the rule, but it happens. It was happening to these Christians that were kind of hugging the southern coast of the Black Sea back in the first century. It was happening to Peter during the time of the reign of the emperor Nero, to those Christians in Rome. And so Peter says this happens from time to time. Being good attracts evil. What should you do about that? He says you're blessed by God and you don't have a reason to be ultimately fearful. And here's some things you can do about it. And then he kind of gives you Three practical things that you can do to handle that situation. None of it makes the persecution go away, by the way. All of these things will make the situation for you go better, either internally or externally. First thing he says, look at verse 15. In your hearts revere Christ as Lord, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Even if we suffer for Christ, we are to speak up for Christ. There are times when the social climate turns against Jesus. There are times when the particular situation we're in turns against Jesus or the whole society turns against Jesus, and we will suffer. Social problems or sometimes other problems, because we are standing up for Jesus, Peter says, even when those situations happen, we need to speak up for jesus give give an answer, give a reason for why it is that we have our faith. Now that doesn't mean that you have to stand up and give your five point apologetics and you know give your uh logic and so forth. You can do that if you want. I have a lecture on that if you want to come here. Actually I have a bunch of lectures on that. And uh I, I teach a class on that if you want to pay the tuition. But uh but that's not probably what Peter has in mind. Peter has in mind that you as a Christian, you have got some You've got some things in your life that led you to faith. You've got some experiences in your life that keep you faithful. You've got some people that you know that you can testify that you've seen the changes in their life because of the gospel. You've got some changes in your life because of the gospel. You've got some blessing and some hope in your life because of the gospel. And even when people are hostile about Christianity, you've got some good things to say about it. And he says, even in a hostile situation, Be able to say those good things. Be able to say those good things about Christianity. Jesus, when he's giving advice to his missionaries, Matthew chapter 10, he says, if you confess my name before people, I promise to confess your name before my Father in heaven. That's what he said. If you chicken out, Jesus said. (laughs) you won't confess my name before people, then I won't. So be willing to confess what it is you believe and why you believe it. Even when the social situation pushes against that and encourages you to be silent. But, Peter goes on. That's just the first half of verse 15, or the first part of verse 15. He says, there's a correct and an incorrect way to speak. And you could do more harm than good by giving an answer in the incorrect way. And so he really couches the kind and type of answer that he wants you to give as a Christian in those situations where people are pushing on you just because you're doing good, just because you're a Christian. And they're demanding you to... Speak up for Christianity and defend Christianity. Verse 15, this last little bit. But do this, give the answer you're going to give, do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ will be ashamed of their slander. For it's better, if it's God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Uh, Peter says, when you give an answer, let that be the kind of answer that you later will look back and say, that is a gentle, loving answer that fully meets the standards of Christ's golden rule. Christ's golden rule, Matthew 7, 12, do unto others as you wish they would do unto you. Don't edit it in your brain, do unto others as they do to you. That's what your brain wants to do. I mean, your brain says, all right, yeah, fine. I was happy to treat them well when they were treating me well, but did you hear what they called me? Did you hear what they said about Jesus and Christianity? Did you hear how nasty they're being? Surely at this point, it's okay to take the gloves off. Do unto others what you would want them to do to you. Speak to other people the way you wish they were speaking to you. By the way, that includes Twitter. In Greek, it actually mentions Twitter. I not not many people notice that, but it's actually no, it's not. But <laughs> you know, unfortunately, uh evil speech, viciousness, slander, those have always been a part of the human vocabulary. Social media amplifies certain characteristics. But those have always been part of our human psychology. When somebody talks viciously to us, it is a natural part of our flesh to say, okay, that's where the conversation's going. Fine, let me tell you a few things about what you believe and what's wrong with you. And we do that saying the message of the Prince of Peace the one who out of love was sacrificed to save the world, we say the message of that one who died on the cross with absolute tones of hatred and venom. And I'm afraid when we do that, Jesus looks down from heaven and says, you're not helping. You're making the situation worse. When you talk about me, the Prince of Peace, in tones of war, you're not helping. So, when you give an answer, you should give an answer. Speak up. Be a model. This is what Peter is what Peter's saying. Be a model of gentleness and respect. But they're not showing us respect. Right. This is the game that we are playing. This is the move that Jesus has asked us to make. Let them be the ones who are aggressive. Let them be the ones that are hateful. Let them be the ones that are spiteful. If they double down on spite, that's fine too. They cannot push a Christian's button. And we still respond with love and respect. And in the end, for person after person after person, they come away from that experience saying, something's weird about these Christians. They don't act like normal human beings. And the Holy Spirit swoops in at that moment and says, exactly. Let's you and I talk about that. That's what happens, actually. That is what's going on. And you do your part in that. You treat the people who are mistreating you with respect and gentleness, Peter said. You live a life where you can look back with good conscience and say, I didn't do anything that I'm unhappy for Jesus to see. (laughs) I, I I I am proud of my behavior before Jesus in that exchange with that person, even though they were nasty, nasty, nasty to me, I'm proud of that exchange. In general, that's the way we're supposed to behave. And in particular, in these situations where we're being, you know, called on the carpet for all the crimes of Christianity for the last 2,000 years. We don't go, we don't go low, even when they do. It's better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. We are to treat our persecutors with the gentleness and respect we wish they were showing us. And then finally, he gives us the example of Christ to look at. Because when we face persecution, strength comes from remembering Christ. This is a key principle for Peter. He comes back to this over and over again. So does Paul. So does several of the Christian writers in our New Testament. If you are up against a persecuting moment, a moment when it's because you're a Christian that somebody hates you or is angry at you or is demanding that you give answers for all the crimes of Christianity for the past 2,000 years, you remember Jesus. You think about Jesus. You meditate on Jesus. That's where our strength comes from. That's what Peter does here. That's his move here. Look at verse 18 and following. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Peter says, think about the fact that Jesus suffered. And through his suffering, he created redemption for you. And even for those people that don't deserve it. And he goes on and tells this whole story. Now, I will tell you, I'm sad Jeremy's not here because we need Jeremy to explain this next bit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people... Wait a minute, what did Peter just talk about, When did Jesus go and preach to the spirits who were disobedient during the time when Noah was building the ark? And who are those spirits that are in prison? And he went in the spirit after he was resurrected. Let's turn in our Bibles to find the passage that explains that. I don't know, maybe it's in the index. Uh, yeah, uh, it turns out nobody really knows for sure what that's about. Uh, they did, we don't. This is one of those times when the people who read this originally knew what Peter was talking about and they had information we, don't, we no longer possess. Uh, there are five major theories. I'm not going to tell you all five because nobody can decide which one of them is more likely. So that's that's what we know basically and I can't decide which one's more likely I don't know The point however is this Jesus died doing good He died he paid the ult what the world considers The worst possible thing that can happen to you. Jesus died and guess what? It didn't even slow him down. The next thing that happens is he's preaching. And then he's victorious. He goes and tells the story about Noah and his descendants being saved through water. And he ties that back in into guess what? Peter ties that back into guess what? your baptism. every one of those Christians in those churches, every one of the Christians in churches today, the baptism that you went through is just like this baptism that Peter is talking about baptism that saves us by appealing to God give me a clean conscience before you Lord through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that's what he says in the ark only a few people eight in all were saved through water and this water symbolizes baptism which saves you also not the removal of dirt from the body but a pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. When we face persecution, strength comes from remembering these truths about Christ Christ was willing to go all the way to the worst thing the world has the power to do to a human being, killing. And some of us, probably not in this country, but some of us may suffer the fate that Jesus suffered, being killed for our faith. Others may suffer less extreme forms of persecution. And when we do, whatever suffering we face for the sake of, Jesus, we look to Jesus and say he did that and he came out the other side with powers and authorities subject to him. Still preaching the gospel. Still proclaiming the good news. You know what that means? That means I can proclaim the good news. And no matter what they do to me, they can't stop me from proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I live in hope. I know this world is a messed up world. I know Christianity Doesn't have a clean track record. And it's hard sometimes when people accuse us and are angry about what Christians have done in the past. And I know there's a lot of anger out there. Here's what I want us to do however angry and bitter people are, I want us to answer back with gentleness, I want us to answer back with kindness as best we can to say the best things we know how to say about why we are Christians, why we have this faith. And whatever people do in response to our message, I want us to keep our hope in the victory of Jesus Christ and the victory that promises to us. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for your power, the power you exerted when you raised Jesus from the dead, that same power which we know will raise us from the dead one day. God, give us that power each day when we face, if we face, hostility because of our faith. God, give us the power to hold our tongues and to to keep any bitterness off our lips. God, help us to treat every person we meet with respect and with gentleness and with kindness. Help us to love even our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. These things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you need to respond to God's invitation, we invite you to do that in just a minute. We're going to sing and you can come forward and tell us if there are prayers that you need us to pray for you and you want to talk about that publicly. If there's something you need to discuss with the congregation publicly or if today is the day you want to Avail yourself of that baptism that Peter talked about. To to have that appeal to a clear conscience to God and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ applied to save you. If you want that, then why don't you come forward as we stand and are led in song.